Okay, so now we're talking about alternative asset classes. The yeah. the wild, the crazy, and the out of fashion. As fun as it is to talk about be- Beanie Babies and, and Air Jordans, there is a, there's an elephant in this room, right? It's called Crypto. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's Wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Live. Abraham's Wallet. Oh, love it when we're live, boy. So, we don't always start with just deep and intense emotional stuff at the we never do i wish we did i'd like to jump right in but we know we never do but i need to start with some repentance this oh so my attention we're going to be talking about alternative asset classes things like bitcoin and gold and even you might have heard of non-fungible nfts non-fungible tokens all sorts of weird stuff that you might have heard about in the news and i read an article the other day and i ended up kind of running into a few guys that are in my circle that are really into sneaker collecting did you did you know that that was a thing that people buy sneakers and then they appreciate in value steven I didn't know that they bought them as investments. I knew that people collected them, but I didn't know that it was a money play. There's even an index fund you can buy now that tracks sneakers. You got to be kidding. I'm not kidding. But I just felt, I was thinking about now, it. Are and the, I, now, are the sneakers fungible? The sneakers are fungible, aren't they? Well, it depends if they have any scuffs on them, I guess. <laughs> um, but... I I used to make fun of you pretty regularly for your love of the Nike, and yeah. I I think I've still bought, do. I'm gonna say still do. I, I I'll never do it again. I I think I've bought three pairs of the Nikes in the past couple weeks because I have been, you. I've been really interested in some of the uh, the sneaker culture, and a few of them. I don't I don't want Nike to hear me say this, but. A few of them I have purchased and resold before they even arrived at my house on Are these you marketplaces. Serious? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm so dumbfounded. Would you please enlighten the people? I don't even know how that how that's possible. So please, please well, describe exactly what you did. It started one day in Austin, Texas. I was hanging out with some bros. And one of them said, "Hey, there's a sneaker store. Were craft beers present? It was it was morning time, so no. But okay. uh, somebody avocado said, hey, toast. We're making a run to the local sneaker store while we're in town here. There's a really good sneaker store. And I said, what, like a Foot Locker? What are we talking about here? And the answer was, no, this is a thing. And I started looking and noticing these guys are all wearing sort of Nikes that looked kind of kind of like dapper urban." A little like urban, show, like showy, like showy shoes. Yeah, they they were like a part of hip hop culture, even though they were all middle aged white guys, and I was not sure. So, so it's it, like when people, it's like it felt like there were air quotes around their feet, like yeah, maybe. they're referencing something they're not really part of. I don't know. Uh, some of them might have been a part of it, but anyways, I decided to tag along, and we we went to the sneaker store, and I 
It was full of shoes, which you were not allowed to try on, that were all wrapped in plastic. And what? You and these they were Air Jordans mostly and Yeezys, which is Kanye's shoe. Yeah, and that's what he calls them. The prices they went from like two hundred dollars at the low end to multiple thousands of dollars. I couldn't quite figure it out, and I left saying to these guys who are really into this, I was like, "This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't, I, I don't know what to make of it." I'm glad you guys enjoy it, but uh, it's not for me. And one of the guys looks at me and says, either Mark's going to make fun of us about this for a long time, or he's going to own 20 pairs of sneakers next time we see right. him. <laughs> yeah, someone knows you. They know me. Um, and so I started kind of digging around. There's an app that Nike has where they release almost every day sneakers in very limited quantities. I've noticed that. It's like S-N-K-R, something like that. Yes, that's the app. And if you get a pair... and you I get don't understand right it. Pair, I don't even know what it's who it's for, but you're teaching me right now. It's just... Do you remember our olden days of... of jumping on Woot at midnight and checking out the one item at a time that was available. I do. I do. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that type of vibe where at eight o'clock every morning I see, oh, there's a new sneaker launching. And if you, some of them are very uh, limited quantities. And if you can get one, there's other apps where you can immediately get on and sell them for two, three, ten times what you paid. And is um, that what you did? Yes. So and I kept a few for myself. Okay, so talk us through. I'm not kidding. Tell me exactly what you did. So I signed up for the sneakers app. I made an account, and then I. So this is exclusively Nike. This is Nike. I I'm new to this stuff, but there's other like I think Adidas has one too um, that sells the Yeezys and things like that, but. You look and it gives you a feed of what's coming soon and it'll say tomorrow here's the shoes that are launching. Right. You jump on when they launch and either there's a draw which means for 10 minutes everybody puts their hat in the ring and you just get a notification you were picked or you weren't picked. Or sometimes it's just first clicks win. Um and usually the the draws are the ones that are really desirable shoes they're going to okay. sell for a lot of money. So you got you did the app. Then what did you do? Okay, got the app. So then I started putting in for all the shoes as the You don't out. even care. You 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 don't have any feel for what's going to evaluate no, no idea. Just I'll just grab whatever they shove out. Initially that was the case. I have now got a couple pairs of shoes at my house that I'm going to have to return, which this is all a black box at Nike. No one knows exactly how they make decisions on who wins what. Um but I've been told that the more you buy, the more likely you are to get the highly desirable stuff. Today, there was a draw for two shoes I really would love to have snagged. I was not Why? chosen. Because I, I, I went on these other resale apps and saw people are willing to pay a boatload of money for them. Initially, I just took whatever was out there and got stuck with a few shoes. And You bought the, one sh- pair of shoes? You bought eight pairs of shoes? One pair of shoes. You're limited okay. to one pair of shoes. Okay, you bought one pair of shoes. You're crossing your fingers, hoping the that these shoe nerds will like it. Did you care what size they were, 
or what gender? Oh, I always for? buy. I always buy my size because these aren't selling for five hundred dollars. They're selling. For I don't know normal, what they're selling for. They're selling for normal sneaker prices, and so if they come to my house and I'm like, "That's the coolest thing I've ever seen," maybe I'll just wear it. Okay, um, so you're not buying something. You're not randomly. You're actually buying something. I would like that. Sure, let's buy it. Yeah, I don't buy women's shoes or anything like that. I stick with stuff that I could feasibly wear. Okay. And then I try to resell them when they come. And after 55 days, because there's a 60-day return window, if they haven't sold, back to Nike they go if I don't want them. This is silly. So how in, in, in how many days' time, how many shoes did you buy? I have only, they call it copping. When you get the shoes, you copped. Oh, I have only great. successfully copped four times. Okay, and how many? I don't know, 40 days. And how many did you sell? Two. Okay, give us the actual prices of one of them. $140. You bought it for $140? Yes. How much did you sell it for? $250. Did you you ever see the shoes physically? Did they come to your house and you send them away? I had to receive them and slap a new label because these reselling sites because there's so many fake shoes in the world they receive the you have to ship them to the site and they have oh my word. staff of experts that verifies that they're not fake this is crazy it's bananas. so there are so there are people who this is a significant part of their financial world is buying dozens and dozens of shoes yeah oh boy so Lest we bore our audience, because I don't actually think the ins and outs of sneaker purchasing is 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 very interesting, unless you really are into it. I'm I'm I was very interested about as much as we got there. I'm, that's very interesting. Sneakers are not a great investment, as far as I can tell. Uh, it's kind of fun if you think it's fun, and you might make enough to get a free pair of sneakers once in a while. But but you unless, made a hundred dollars in ten minutes. Oh no. Oh. I spent I spent plenty of time oh, thinking around okay. on those apps okay. trying to figure out what was going to be worth money. And, oh, I see. Okay, that's not fun. But it got me thinking. There's a okay. lot of things out there that people buy and sell as investments that aren't just stocks and bonds and real estate. That's true. And I thought we could talk about beanie, some of those things. Beanie babies? Is that what we're talking about here? Beanie Babies have come up in our house a lot with with my wife going, is that another pair of Nikes? Like, you know what happened with Beanie Babies, right? You're going to have a yeah. hundred things, a hundred pairs of those in the closet and then they're going to be I'm with her. useless. Okay, so now we're talking about alternative asset classes. Is that right? The, the, the yeah, wild, I- the crazy, and the out of fashion. As fun as it is to talk about Beanie Babies and, and Air Jordans, there is a, there's an elephant in this room, right? Yeah, there it's is. It's called crypto. Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum, Dogecoin. Yes. Uh, whatever it is that you're into. <laughs> Gene uh, Simmons is very into Dogecoin. And I thought that we would... Potentially, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, trying to explain crypto today, because I, I think that's interesting, and I think we should do it in a future episode, and just really, uh, 
you know, perturb all of our listeners who are smarter than me about that, because I'm sure half of what I said would be not quite exactly accurate. <laughs> um, I thought maybe we would just talk a little more generally about how should people think about this stuff. We did our GameStop episode when everybody was jumping on that and thinking they were going to get rich. So just a quick episode to say, how should you think about all the different alternative asset classes? Um, so could we could we do that? Yeah, let's do it. We, I think we are doing it. So Tell go ahead. Me, you don't get asked all day long what people should, uh, whether people should invest in, in Bitcoin. So what's, what's your impressions of, of the crypto market right now? My impressions of the crypto market, um, which I'm very interested, by the way, I've actually investigated uh, taking courses on this topic. Um, it seems like it's the wild, wild west right now. I've also, out of interest, there's about, I don't know, there might be up to 10 different um, documentaries and shows on Amazon Prime that are all about Bitcoin and crypto. So I've watched several of these trying to keep up and understand, here's how blockchain works. Um, uh, because I find it interesting. So anyways, I think that it's the wild, wild west. Um, it seems like anybody can come out with, I just made Steve coin today and I want people to invest in Steve coin. And I mean, the numbers are staggering at these people who can just in a day click their fingers and raise millions of dollars um, of people buying into their thing. So it feels very um, unregulated right now. It feels very volatile. Um, it's interesting because everybody makes much of the Bitcoin um, aura of it being so well designed, perfectly conceived. But I, I think I think much of the value of Bitcoin is that it's just been it's been around a while. So it's the most known and the most trusted. That's how it seems to me. So everything seems it seems like uh, everyone's building on on thin air. That's that's how it feels. And and you get the feeling that uh, 90% of what's out there crypto wise is going to be gone in two years. So that's how it feels. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you, you said Wild West. And I think to really understand what's happening in crypto and I honestly think we could say this about almost, we could say this about Beanie Babies too. Um, there's just a scarce thing that we as a collective group of earth dwellers have have said, this has value and let's get some of it. Um, and when enough people agree that the thing has value, then suddenly it becomes kind of a gold rush. Right. And, you know, our grand great 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 grandparents they packed up their donkeys and headed out to sort of california to try and strike gold because that was the original asset that was scarce and kind of we as humans decided for whatever reason hey let's uh let's try to get this thing and we'll, we decide it's scarce because it takes about the right amount of time and effort to pull it out <laughs> of the earth yeah that, that it doesn't just inflate 
beyond reason. And it's also part of my concern with Bitcoin is that, or with crypto in general, is that there's a lot of stuff out there that people really are just saying, hey, it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. And look, it has value. And I'm not educated enough in this to to be able to speak to all of the different cryptocurrencies that are invented. But I do think, um, you know, when it was really just Bitcoin in the news, people said, okay, it's it's scarce. We sort of understand the algorithm. You have to solve a math problem to get more of it. And it yeah. takes a lot of computing power to do that. Um, but... Um, I don't really understand at all the, all the new coins and, and assets no. that are being created. So personally, one of my maxims for investing is avoid anything you don't understand. And right. that's why I own no Dogecoin. <laughs> or NFTs uh, of uh Can we talk dollar, about this? Million dollar gifts. I mean, they're not even fungible. Am I right? They're, they're not even fungible. So... Non, does everybody know what fungible means? No, 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 no. I, I'm using that as comedy. No, people a do not. Dollar, a dollar is fungible because one dollar is just as valuable as a different dollar. They are completely interchangeable. That's what fungible means. Non-fungible goods are things like paintings. There's not, another, you know, the Mona Lisa is not the same as Monet's water lilies. These are different paintings. They're completely... Uh, non-interchangeable. Yeah, and Bitcoin, one of the big values that you it could provides, say that non-fungible means one of a kind. Yeah. Okay. One of the big values provided by most cryptocurrencies is that they are fungible. Um, that's what we have, as humans, kind of said is one of the key important features of money is it needs to be fungible. Yes. Now, there was a time, I think I was reading an article you wrote on Abraham's wallet from back in the day, and it said that seashells were used as currency at one point mm-hmm. uh, in, in a civilization. And I thought, well, what if you get a better seashell than somebody right. else's? Did we a just humongous decide? one. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound fungible to me. Right. But uh, now there's a new thing that uses blockchain technology, which is the technology all these cryptocurrencies are built on. It says we can create a digital one-of-a-kind thing and we might tie it to a real-world thing. So you can buy a non-fungible token that is Michael Jordan's flu game shoes. And in that sentence, I was able to bring together the intro, speaking about sneakers, the intermediate part of this podcast where we talked about cryptocurrency, and now the NFT discussion. You've done it. Good for you. It's always great when you can bring something back around. And so I I bless you for that. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but this one really boggles my mind. Our friend Mark Douglas was asking me what I thought about it the other day. And I said, I think it's really the stupidest thing I've ever heard that you would create a digital version of a real thing when you could just use the real thing as the non-fungible asset bizarre um but it's it's not to be ignored there's an artist he goes by the name beeple yes uh and he created uh, a series of digital artwork and sold them and just listed them on there's these exchanges where you can go online and browse people's nfts that they have put up for sale 
and he created this collection of digital drawings he made and I was watching it on Twitter because the word got out, hey, this guy's selling these things and they're they're starting to go up in value. It's, it was an auction style sale. Yeah. And it got to a million dollars and he tweeted it out like, oh my gosh, guys, this is amazing. And then in the next four hours, it got up to, I think he sold it for about $70 million. And it was really interesting to kind Unbelievable. of... Unbelievable. Obviously, the artist wasn't planning on that. Yeah. And... um. So I, I don't know when people who create these things don't think they're worth a million and then they actually are 70 million, it starts to go, what's happening here? It is bizarre. I don't understand it. I just read that uh, Mark Cuban is trying to develop some gallery where you can display your NFTs, still own it, but let other people look at it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it any more than I get SNKRs. <laughs> so when it comes to these sort of side things what what i think would be valuable to our audience because a lot of people are going i hear so much about people making a hundred times returns on overnight yeah nfts bitcoin um i mean they've heard about guys like me that just become overnight millionaires selling <laughs> sneakers <laughs> And they're like, how do I get into this action so that I could spend 10 hours and maybe get $100 out of it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think it's valuable to sort of stop and go, what is this? Is it okay to participate in all these different things that, frankly, there's very few people listening to this, no matter how nerdy and engineery you are, who really deeply understand blockchain technology, for example. Um is it okay to to play in it? Should it be a part of my investment portfolio? Is it something else? So as a guy who recently got into the game with cryptocurrency, Stephen, what made you do it and how, how do you think about it? Oh, you've outed me. Um, yes, I did get into it because um, uh, as I was learning, I was... I. I the the thought maybe went through my mind several times. Mm, maybe um, I've heard the argument that as as uh, international trade increases, as currencies destabilize, there's going to be some digital currency that will last. And um, you know. Uh, I've seen, for instance, the, sim the, simple, the simple process of trading money, trying to give money to family members that live in another country, and how much money is removed from the pot when you try to do that. And everybody takes a cut, and then your family in another country ends up getting a fraction of what you sent them. And with with digital currency, it's like bing ba bong. They have the money. There's that's it. There's they have as much as you sent them. Did um, you know that that's what I wrote my thesis on at Princeton? Was no remittance dollars that were transferred between people in Mexico and the United States. What? Yeah, that's true. How specific is that? Why did you write that? Um, because I was a Latin American studies minor and I wanted to work with some of the really awesome professors who I had worked with in that department wow. 
and I was interested in economics and politics and how they all work together. And I had done a summer internship in Texas working with actual migrant workers who got ripped off royally by these money transfer people when they would take 30, 40% of the transfer to send 500 bucks back to Guadalajara, you know? That's what I, that's exactly what I was going to ask is give us some hard numbers. So 30, 40% sometimes gets choked out of people, which is sad. So I, as I'm reading the thought, maybe goes across my mind. I go like, well, that, yeah, I could see the value of that. Yeah. Maybe the value of, um, you know, that there's a, there's no limit to the dollars that can be printed. I don't know if you've heard this shocking statistic, um, of all of the dollar bills ever made that exist, 25% of them were printed in the last year. Do you know that? No. Um, it doesn't. So it doesn't concern me like it concerns you. But yeah, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not happy about the idea of inflation. So when when the government just writes an imaginary check for two trillion dollars and just goes, "We'll all be fine." As we have talked about before, that makes the dollars that are already in my uh, wallet um, worth less. And so with the destabilization of currency, you just think, what, what has a good chance of lasting through those fits and starts? And I don't know. So I'm listening to these people. I'm thinking, well... I'm not putting my 401k into Dogecoin, Ethereum, um, but uh, s- some of the things that I that I saw, the the guy was like, um, take one percent of your investment money. I recommend one percent of your investment money going towards. Bitcoin. This is what you have been told, not what yeah. you're recommending to our listeners. No, 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 because no, you no, would no, never no. do that. No, 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 this is, this is not financial advice. I'm simply quoting a documentary that I saw where the guy said, consider taking 1% of your investment money. And if I'm wrong, says this guy who's put everything uh, into this, if I'm wrong, you'll last. And if I'm right about the future of digital currency, then it will um, make your your physical currency growth look minuscule and this will be, uh, you'll have enough um, because they all, they all assume it's going to multiply by a thousand times or something. So I understand it enough to go, okay, I'll wade into those waters a little bit. And so I'm putting a little money in there. I'm watching it. I'm learning and I'm not opposed to putting more into the future, but as you say, I'm too ignorant. I'm like you with S N K R S. I'm I'm too Nickers. ignorant to <laughs> I'm too ignorant to go in full bore, but I'm curious and I'm dabbling. So that's my story. Cool. Well, I feel like when it comes to crypto the thing that has been really interesting to me is to go back and look at how gold has fared over time and then ask the question, is this like the new gold? Because 
it, like I said, it's it's uh, it's being mined. That's what they call it with yes. cryptocurrency, and it, there's a sort of an artificial limitation on how much can be pulled out. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't finish that thought. The, the, they can make as much dollars as they want, but there's a limit to how much Bitcoin can be made. So with that cap, they they say it will continue to increase. So go ahead. Right. Um, and I'm not one of these alarmists who thinks, I mean, we haven't seen hyperinflation. Um, I don't think, even though we are printing more money, we're not seeing inflation that's kind of out of control right now at all in the U.S. Yeah. And there are good reasons to believe that we won't. I know that the the Bitcoin uh, bugs really do think we will see hyperinflation. Um, but it's really interesting to me to sort of think about the comparisons between uh, traditional alternative assets, which are usually things like gold and silver and Bitcoin. And they're starting to, it's, it's very interesting because analysts are starting to think about these things in similar terms. There's something mm-hmm. called a stock to flow ratio, which is a stock is how much of it exists and flow is how much of it is being produced in a given time period. So like there's 197,000 tons of gold and we're pulling about 2,750 tons of gold out right now. So the stock to flow ratio is 71.8. We have 71.8 times as much stock as we have flow coming out. Um, And that is directly related to the price of gold per ounce. Um, Bitcoin, we have the equivalent of 18.6 tons and the equivalent flow of about a third of a ton per year. Um, and that comes out to a stock to flow ratio of 56, which is really close to gold. So we're starting to price these things very similarly in terms of stock to flow. Um, and I just think it's interesting that that something that's digital, that's not physical at all, we have, we're starting to drift into the same valuation model that we use for something that's physical, which is, hey, right. if you spend enough dollars, you can go do drilling exploration and eventually find some gold and spend whatever you have to to build a mine and pull it out of the earth. Well, back in the olden days, you could mine Bitcoin on your computer when it was really yep. easy. Uh, now you have to run massive supercomputer labs. With a, uh, the team of nerds. Did you hear about this guy in, in Europe who is in jail right now for for creating a virus that he put on people's computer that made everyone's computer mine Bitcoin for him? No. Oh, man. That's fascinating. So this fella um, was able to install some malware onto computers that allowed them to mine Bitcoin for him and he got it onto enough computers um, that they he eventually was able to mine $60 million worth of oh Bitcoin. Word. Now he That's is amazing. he has been apprehended um, and there's one little problem. The only way to Uh-oh. get to this Bitcoin Oh, I have heard this. I've heard this. For this German hacker is if he hands them the password, which he says, unfortunately, he has forgotten. Um, and, you know, I feel like this guy's just going to serve his time and then we're not going to hear from him again afterwards because... Well, of course. 
until he gives away his uh his password those are his bitcoins and there's no one else in the in the world that's going to be able to get to him right so i don't know if the the moral of the story is that crime sometimes pays digital or, crime yeah i've heard no. that story <clears throat> so you're kind of, you're starting to um cut closer to the bone of our listeners i think because we can talk about SNKRs and NFTs and possibly Bitcoin and nobody's touched. But I think that when you start talking about precious metals, that it unless if they're not already owned inside the family, they have been discussed about putting money into gold and silver. So what is it? What's a traditional view on those on those um, non-traditional uh, yeah. Or maybe they're more traditional than currency. I think we've talked about it in the past. A a gold doubloon, a good gold coin, will buy you a really nice suit in yeah. 2021. Um, yeah. In the year 1750, do you know what a gold coin would buy you? I think it's a pretty nice suit. Yeah. So it's a pretty... It, it tracks extremely well with inflation. Whereas if you had... A dollar. I'm trying to think. What would you need? A British pound in 1750. Um, that would have bought you a whole lot. And a British pound in 2021 is going to buy you like a value size French fry at McDonald's. Um, so currency does not track with inflation, whereas something like gold or silver. Um, does it tends to hold its value in real terms over time now the idea i think is that with any scarce resource that there's a market that develops around it and people accept it as as valuable eventually we would have a similar similar moment the reason i think people are a little bit uh too over eager with some of these crypto assets is right now, if you bought a Bitcoin four years ago, you've got way more money today. Um, So I guess that's just a to be seen. But it's important for people who maybe haven't thought too deeply about this to realize there will come a time when this no longer increases uh, at the types of rates we're seeing and probably increases more at at the rate of inflation. The question is just whether that happens next month or in 10 years and we have so far to go between where we are now and where it stabilizes that it's still like you said the wild west so do you have a recommendation for people like yeah i get asked how much how much money should they have in such things or if any that's probably one of the number one questions i get asked and right now i still say hey i think this is interesting Uh, I think, you know, with traditional alternative assets like gold, we've been adding that to our clients' portfolios uh, uh, recently because there's some signs that we're going to be facing inflation. And I like to start to sprinkle in a little bit of anti-inflationary tools into the portfolio. Um, We've mentioned it before, but you can actually read a whole article about inflation over at abrahamswallet.com. That's true. Uh, but when it comes to Bitcoin, I'm still in the spot of saying, Hey, I think it's interesting and I think it's worth messing around here. If you have money that you consider play money, you know, that's, 
in my mind, this might sound silly to some people, but the same money I've used to fund my little sneaker hustle is the money <laughs> I would be putting into an interesting cryptocurrency on okay. Coin, Coinbase or Binance or wherever you do your, your crypto buying. Um, so that's that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. I, I don't think what you said is an unreasonable approach to say, hey, I'm going to take 1% of my investment dollars and move them here. Uh, I just don't. I think you're going to start to see see financial advisors and people like that eventually get comfortable enough that they say, yeah, this could be a part of a normal portfolio. I do too. I don't feel comfortable at all with these bros who start kind of talking about all the latest coins and did you hear about this one it's it's at a penny and it's going to be at six pennies that's the same that's the same talk that we heard on robin hood yep. a few months ago and it's the same talk that guys if you've watched like movies about stock traders in the 80s you know dialing for penny stocks that's that's kind of always been out there and yeah it's it's not there's there's not you could hit it big you could 6x your money in a day with that stuff um but it's not investing it's just pure pure gambling yeah yeah the um i use coinbase and one thing they have geniusly done is when they we if you just open up the app to look at you can look at uh, your portfolio today you can look at um all everything that's kind of on their on their trading floor, if you will, you can buy all this stuff. And then they always have, here's the biggest movers of today. And there's always something that like today, this jumped up 18%. This jumped up 24% today. And you're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta run after those things and snap them up. Anytime you get into that game, you, you're chasing your tail and it's not a good move. Yeah. We've talked a ton about that in the past that even just in the stock market, there's a, there's a school of investing that, says if you do exactly the opposite of what retail investors do when that's you and me and that's all the financial advisors in the country um it's not just yahoos it's people who are smart um if you do exactly the opposite of what those people do you make money so the the direction that the crowd is heading is generally not uh following that is not a way to earn money in any right. sort of investing. Right. Well, I think we gave this a good talk talking to today. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about the non-fungibles? <laughs> I think that we owe the people a real deeper dive into crypto assets at some point where we I explain agree. what the heck they are, how they work. Um, maybe we'll find a special guest who has worked on on some of these things from a technical standpoint. Yes, a special kind of nerd we could bring on. Yeah, we we have we have a special kind of nerd on this podcast, but it's not that kind. It's a different No. Different yeah. kind. Well, everybody's a nerd in their own way. Anything that you specialize in. Well, um well, I thank you for this time. This has been enjoyable and just for your notes, you just might want to scribble this down, Mark. Um, the Air Jordans that I like the most are the two and the nine. So when those come up, I wear a size 14, the Air Jordan twos and the nines. That's my, those are my choices. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can I, can I close with a, with a learning and a tip? Yes, of course. Give us, give us a nice, a nice something to leave on. 
I got a, a text from a buddy this week who said, he said, I, you know, Steven's jokes don't always land with me, uh, <laughs> which I could have told him that. Well, it makes me feel good because that's not our normal feedback. Uh, it's a risk. Feedback. Comedy's a risk. <laughs> but he said that that one he told about gender reassignment surgery to open the last episode was really funny. Uh, that was so zinger, huh? I went back and I wanted to hear it on normal speed because I'm never listening to podcasts on one time speed. Oh, I see. Okay. And I just thought, to the poor people who are listening to us talk at, at 1x speed, it's so much better at one and a half times. So please, oh, brother. turn up the speed. I apologize if you've been listening to me talk at normal speed. I, I would talk faster, but that wouldn't be fair to the people who are doing it the right way and listening at one and a half. So just consider increasing your speed and you'll be able to fit 50% more into your podcast diet in a given week. If you're, talk, if you're listening at one and a half speed, I want to talk as fast as I can so we can sound really sound crazy. Okay, let's do that. Guys, this week for Abraham's Wallet, I'm Mark Parrott. Thanks for listening. Okay, see we'll you, see you next okay, week. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye.